0: Welcome. I'm Julie Bacon, and you're listening to the Mindset Coaching for Handlers podcast, a podcast for dog handlers who are on a mission to achieve big goals. Here I share lessons, insights, personal stories, and tools you can apply during your next show, trial, or test to help you strengthen your mental game and hopefully cue more consistently. Be sure to check out the show notes where you'll find details about the episodes, plus important links, including the link to the Dogged Planner and Workbook created just for handlers on a mission. So if you're ready to improve your competitive mindset, get out of your own way and connect with your dog like never before, then it's time to get comfy, bring an open mind and work your mindset. Hey there, and welcome back to the podcast. All right, this week we're going to talk about a few sneakier ways that comparison makes its way into our mindset and therefore the damage it does when it's there, okay? Um, We're going to talk about two in particular, but right now I'm just going to let you know I reserve the right to, you know, entertain another tangent as it comes up. So there's two things that have come in recently. One is from a client conversation, And the other is from my new Ask the Q Coach form that I have out there. The link is in my show notes where you can submit a question anonymously if you like or put your name on it. Doesn't matter. Um, And I will answer it either on my Facebook page or right here in the podcast. And this one seemed like it deserved a little more attention. So we're going to cover two different ways, these two specific ways that I think that people start having issues or um, problems show up, but they actually really can be drawn back to comparison. So in some ways, spoiler alert, these are related to comparison, okay? So the first one we have is from a client conversation and it takes into account the fact that we are sitting here in May And we are whittling down the days and weeks until the qualifying period closes, the January 30th qualifying date for the AKC Invitational, which take place in the championship week in Orlando in December. And so, you know, tensions are running high, right? Competition is fierce. Um, People are really trying to scramble and make sure that they're in those top spots. And some are even scrambling to make sure they are the number one dog, whether that be for their regular division or the preferred division. I mean, th- there's a lot going on, okay? And it's an exciting time or it's a stressful time. It just kind of depends how you look at it and what your perspective is and how everything's going. Um, but what's interesting or the the conversation that we had the other day that came up is how much um, everybody is worried now about everybody else, <laughs> right? Other than yourself, So again, another spoiler alert, eyes on your own paper, but we'll get there. So, you know, the, the, issue is, is of course, we have more, with more technology, we have more visibility into some of the other dogs. You know, for some people, they don't have to wait until the AKC updates their database and that they can run a report online. Instead, they're able to tack into, s- tap into secretary results or things that are posted and, you know, keep an eye on other people and other point totals, right? And so, it can make people kind of nuts, (laughs) right? And because everybody is, you know, especially in those tight races, and, or if you're really trying to either get in, you're the number six dog and you're trying to make sure that you're in, you get into that number fifth spot, or you're going for the top spot this year, or you, whatever it is, um, it can make everybody a little bit nuts and it starts to change the focus into what the other person is doing instead of what just you are doing, right? You know, back in the days when this was all handled and, you know, some, you know, some paper with a pencil or something, probably never, but anyway, go with it. Um, You know, there was probably less opportunity to obsess about other people's rankings because you couldn't see it as easily but the more secretaries use more technology the more people share on social media you know the more links that are available etc cetera, etc cetera, the more access we have to the whole picture and by doing that we have access or maybe opportunity to make ourselves crazy by focusing on someone else's results right And I get it. Your position, your rank may be relative to someone else's success. All right. And we don't want anyone to fail. That's not how we roll here. That is not Q coach philosophy. Q coach philosophy is that there is plenty to go around for everyone. Plenty of green ribbons. Um, lots of cues. You know, your success is determined against how you did last weekend, um, and so on. Now that said, you know, this is one of those times that it does bring up, you know, well, but I have to be in the top five, whereas normally on a weekend, you don't have to be in the top five. You can get your double Qs. You can get your points. You can take your stickers and your ribbons and go home very happily and stop for ice cream to celebrate, right? And you can do all of that, whether or not you place, whether or not you win. Um, But this is a ranking, right? There's going to be a one through five and a maybe in a preferred dog potentially, right? Or may, and maybe there's a number one dog and maybe you'd really like to do that. Let's not even get to the point where we get to the event and we want to place or make finals or get the breed medallion, right? We're not even there yet. Okay. It's, it is still May. Okay. It's a couple seasons to go. So, but let's talk about what that does. Obviously it brings about more pressure, all right? Anytime we're in that situation and we have a goal and we have a goal that is time sensitive, we definitely feel, and we definitely do to ourselves, um, we increase the pressure, right? We do that to ourselves. We're like, oh my God, you know, I only have so many more chances, so many more times in the ring, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And On a rational basis, these are true facts. So we really start to feel that pressure and we really start to learn how we handle that pressure. And this goes for whether or not you're trying to qualify for a big event or you're just you know, feeling the pressure of it's the end of the year, or you're planning to take the summer off or whatever it is that you're feeling a time pressure. Sometimes it's an older dog. Sometimes it's like, this might be the last time we get to go or we get to do this thing, right? So these external pressures, we start to say, yeah, but look, 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 look at this rational reason that I am using to justify my wackiness, (laughs) okay? And I say wackiness with all the love, uh, you know, and hugs and, you know, trying to lighten things as I can because we do get a little wacky when we start to entertain all of these other thoughts and all of these other inputs, okay? Suddenly, you know, we get to May, And people we never cared about, you know, in, you know, last July are suddenly front and foremost in our minds. Okay. And what that does is when we entertain pressure, we entertain all of these other data points and all of these other influences on our run, we start to compare, but we also start to change how it is that we're running. You know, all of a sudden we're running with a different energy or we're running with a different angst or different amount of nerves or pressure or whatever, but it's different. It is different sitting here in May than it was in August, right? When the the, the time period had just kind of restarted, it, it feels different. Well, it feels different because I hate to tell you, but you're making it feel different, right? It is And you can tell me, no, it's really real. I only have X amount of days, X amount of times that I can walk in the ring to get there. Yes, that is true. But that is because that is what you are focused on. Okay. The best thing we can do in this moment is, yep, eyes on our own paper and kind of play our own game. You know, do the thing we've been doing for the last, you know, nine, 10 months. Do what, stick to our rituals, stick to our program, stick to the plan. Um, And the best thing we can do is not to suddenly change everything because we have this time pressure. And that's all it is, is a time pressure. Because at the end of the day, you can't affect someone else's performance. I would rather you not like start researching. Like, do voodoo dolls actually work? Right? We're not going to that negative place. All right. We're not going to start doing that. Um, and what we are going to do is, we are going to remember that we're going to keep our eyes on our own paper. We're going to worry about our own performance, our own, um, you know, rituals, our own getting ready, our own selves, and we are going to do the best we can. And this is one of those moments that sucks, but it's true. We don't control everything. We only control our performance. We only control, um, you know, what's in it for us. We only control how we do. Everything else is not up to us. You know, one year I went because I was the number six dog, and a friend of mine who had a higher ranking called me and said, "I'm not going to go. Are you going to go if I pull out?" Right. So I got to go as the number six dog. That shouldn't have happened. That dog should have been able to go. Right. So. I didn't know that's how that was going to work out that year. Another year, I qualified and I wasn't going to go. And so I was able to make that call for somebody else and say, hey, you know, a little bit pay it forward, but not really. I wasn't going to go because my dog, you know, I don't believe in taking up a spot if you, if someone else can have the spot. So someone else got to go unexpectedly, right? So you don't know how you're going to get there. You You know, you really don't. We don't have all the information until, you know, it's all said and done. So that would be my first advice, the first way that comparison shows up. And comparison really is any time that you are thinking about yourself relative to somebody else, right? Because you could have had the best year you know, the last 10 months could have been the best year you've ever done with you and your dog. You both are hitting your stride, no pun intended or pun intended. Um, you're hitting your stride. You're really gelling. This has been amazing. Maybe you, you know, finished a big title. Um, you know, it's just all, it's all going so well. And suddenly you're going to say, Oh, I didn't have a good year because I didn't qualify. I mean, I don't think that's the right way to look at that. So you're also putting this event up on a pedestal. And when we put an event up on a pedestal, we, we, we by nature, make it mean more than it probably should. Right? And we make that event bigger than ourselves. When in truth, that event doesn't exist without a uh, spectators, you know, and exhibitors going and and paying our money and buying the shirts and doing all the things, right? So let's not put those event up on pedestals. Let's not have them mean more than they mean, you know. If you get to go, fantastic. If you just miss it by, because I, I do have a friend who missed it one year by three points, uh, missed going by three lousy points. It doesn't mean that you had a terrible year, all right? So. Let's get a little perspective. Let's calm down a little bit even though it never works to tell someone to calm down, but let's just back up and get a little perspective and really start to think about how has your year been? How are you doing? How grateful that your dog is healthy enough to still be running, you know, these last weeks and that you have this opportunity to even be in this hunt and just eyes on your own paper. Stick to your rituals, stick to all of those behaviors and habits that got you this far and put you in a position to even be considered, uh, you know, in giving you this opportunity to perhaps qualify for this event. Okay. So let's all stay sane out there. Okay. So quick break. And then we're going to come back and talk about another way that comparison gets sneaky. And this time it's with rehab. Okay, I have a quick question for you. Have you ever thought about coaching? Because one on one coaching lets us dive into your specific challenges and create tailored solutions. Because at the end of the day, no one has your exact challenges, and we all know that everyone has different goals. So through coaching, you'll get that breakthrough faster, basically. And I know it's true because I see it in my clients week after week. So if you're ready to take your mental game to the next level, let's chat. Okay back to the show. Okay, welcome back. All right. So this, like I said, this question comes from the Ask the Q Coach, my little form. So check it out in the show notes. If you have a question you want me to answer, either on my Facebook page, or through a reel, or do a podcast on it, um, I'm always taking suggestions and input. So thank you for this question. The question has to do with rehab. And the fact that when we have a dog that is rehabbing, that we are sort of on the sidelines for whatever reason, okay? And this can happen maybe because we move, or maybe we're going through something financially, or um, you know, we, we don't have access to training like we used to. There's a bunch of different reasons that we end up sidelined, all right? And it's not comfortable, right? Nobody wants to just be like, you know, Put on the bench, if you will, and we want to be in the game. We want to be playing. We want to be out there all the time. I've experienced a little bit of this myself um, this past year of you know some false starts and stops, and you know and not being in a location where I can um, trial as much as I'd like to be trialing. Okay, but in the in the case of rehab, this is especially acute because (laughs) no pun intended. This is especially acute because we want to hurry. Right. We we also then want to hurry the rehab. We want to be back out there. Or we start entertaining all of these other you know data points, or, you know, well, so and so's dog, you know, recovered from this faster. Or, you know, according to Dr. Google, you know, this can happen, or I should be further along, or this isn't going well, or whatever, whatever. So our minds tend to go a little wacky. All right. And it all comes down to expectations and the expectations that we have with ourselves, with our dogs, with what we've heard, with what other people are dealing with, with what, you know, doctors or rehab people or techs are telling us to do or not to do. And it all gets to be a little much. And At the base of it, at the root of it, which is really what you have to ask yourself. This is the time to ask the seven whys, you know, that I've talked about before. Like when you say, you know, well, I'm so upset, I can't believe, you know, I can't be trialing this week. And you keep asking yourself why. And you ask yourself why seven times. So you answer the next layer of the question, then you ask yourself why. So, I'm super upset. I can't be trialing this weekend. Why? Well, I really like to go to this trial. Why? You know, and you keep going until you get to the root of it. And a lot of times in this case, especially with a dog who is in a rehab, uh, maybe a lengthier rehab, um, we keep, you know, we might feel like we're missing out. We might feel like we're getting behind. We might feel worried that the dog's not going to come back, you know, to 100% again. Um, there's a million different ways that we're feeling fear or FOMO or, you know, any number of things. And you really need to understand that feeling, okay? Because at the end of the day, I, all, I know all of us would say, well, of course I put my dog first. All right. Well, if that's true, then you need to do the rehab and you need to take your time and you need to listen to the smart people and you need to listen to your dog and the feedback that they're giving you about their progression. And you need to understand that, you know what, it's a time thing and you've got to put the time in and do the exercises and do all the things in order to come back. Right. Um, I have, personal experience like many of us I've brought a dog back from a dorsal laminectomy um, that dog also then had a broken toe and two TPLOs so we did we did some rehab in our time and then one of the dogs I have now has had a TPLO so I have a little bit of understanding of that FOMO and what it's like, and the fact that it, quote, does put us behind in a sense because we lose that amount of time. Okay. So, even in my explanation of that, you can hear some very triggering words and phrases, right? Putting us behind, losing time, um, you know, maybe not being where we were, not being able to practice, um, you know, not being able to go to trials that we'd like to. And it's all of the, all all of it is, is frustration and maybe some fear that like our dogs won't come back the same, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, And it, it makes us crazy. All right. And it's comparisons. It's a bunch of shoulds, right? My dog should be, I should be, we should be. If this hadn't happened, we would be, you know, all of those sorts of things. And at the end of the day, the answer sucks, right? You, you got to go through it. You've got to go through this to the other side. You may be on the sideline for these next six months. What are you going to do with it? How are you going to make it work for you? How are you, how are you going to maximize your time? Um, you know, how are you going to devote yourself to rehab? Maybe you're going to learn everything there is to know about this p- specific injury and how it can be rehabbed. Um, and the worst thing we can do is rush any of those things and put our emotional desires, our shoulds and woulds and wants and, and needs ahead of our dogs. And of course, when I say it that way, everybody's like, oh my God, I would never do that. I would never do that. And yet, I don't know about you, but I mean, when you're sitting at month four of a six month rehab, you're getting pretty angsty right? At least I was, I was getting pretty fidgety. Cause that's like the, mo- the time period where you're like, Oh my God, they look so much better. They're doing wonderfully. You know, maybe I can go, you know, take them out and, you know, I mean, maybe I can do, I mean, some little jumps like, you know, four, I mean, maybe eight inches, maybe 12, right? And before you know it, you're doing something you're not supposed to be doing because they look so good though. They look so good. They're, look how far they're going. And all of this, you know, n- requires patience. And we, as a society, as a race, I guess, of beings, of an animal, um, we're getting less and less patient as we go, right? As we live in this, like, society of, you know, instant gratification and, you know, um, even new technologies and even new, you know, rehabs and new treatments, right? It makes us think, well, oh, well if this laser will heal them faster, then I'll take two and it'll be twice as fast, right? And so, of course, it sounds ridiculous when we say that, but it takes a lot of patience, a lot of commitment, and a lot of perspective to be able to step back and say, you know what? Sucks to be us. We're out for six months or, you know, or whatever it is. And, you know, we're going to get back when we get back. And, you know, that first run after rehab, you know, that is something definitely to work toward, but also that has its own angst involved because you're like, I hope we can, you know, am I always going to be watching this dog with, you know, a Hawkeye now, like, you know, how is this going to work? And I, I bring this up in the context of comparison because if it was just us and our dogs and the rest of the world didn't exist or there weren't you know, titles to get or things to qualify for or other deadlines, we'd probably be a little less angsty about it and a little more patient. But yet when we have peers or we have other dogs in the litter that are doing all of these things or things that we do wanna qualify, titles we do wanna get, or all of these goals that we have for ourselves, then we start to put the goals before the process. And that's really what's happening. And nothing brings process goals to light faster than our lengthy rehab, right? Um, because it's, it's slow and it feels really slow when you're in it. And, you know, different points of that process. I know with my, um, the last TPLA, we were doing great and we were, you know, everything was going well. And then three weeks out, something weird happened that still none of us know what occurred. And that set us back a little bit. And then I'm like, oh my God, what is that going to mean? Does that mean it's not six months anymore? Is it seven months? And my brain goes crazy, crazy. And what does that mean in the context of a dog's life? Even my dogs who have a arguably shorter life than a lot of yours. um, What does that mean in that context? It's a month, you know, or it's two months or whatever it is. Okay. So I want you, when it comes to these moments, when you know that you are being in a mode of external, right? So now even going back to the first example of, you know, the qualifying period, what you are is you're, you're focusing on the external, you're focusing on everything outside, all of these other measures of what success looks like, instead of thinking of what did you define success as, you know, from my, I will say that probably the first um, surgery that one of my dogs had that first rehab, which was the dorsal laminectomy probably was the most patient I've been in a rehab because it was all new to me. And he was a he was only four and a half at the time, and I had never gone through something like this. So kind of ignorance was lovely in that moment because I was more patient. I was like, all right, well, then this is what we're going to do and da, 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 da And I had fewer goals. I had fewer goals, not because I didn't have a list of them, but because I had different expectations. You know, there were people that were telling me that like, he's never going to get off the couch after this. Like they're going to fix his back, but he may never get off the couch. Great. It was a great story. He came back to still jump 24. He came back to finish his draft titles and all of the stuff and pull a lot of weight and things like that. And um, and did that until his first TPLO when I dropped him back to preferred. So it was a fantastic success story, but I was a very different um, dog mom in that moment because I didn't know what I didn't know. Whereas the last TPLO, right? Where's my punch guard? The last TPLO, um, I was way more angsty about it because I had all these expectations. I've done this twice before. I know how this is supposed to go. I've done the rehab plans. Yes, I even have them laminated. Like da 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 da. And you know, and if something went wrong, then then I was really thrown. I was like, no, 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 no! this is not supposed to go like this. I have, I have a plant. This is how this plant is supposed to go. So we get thrown off, right? All of those things coming back to what I was saying are external. You know, we're comparing against these external expectations, these expectations of things that other people, happen to other people or happen to different dogs. And we really, it really tests our ability to not compare, to stay in the moment and really keep our eyes on our own paper. So I think that is my theme today (laughs) on your own paper. And um, I just want to remember that when we hit up against those things and we start feeling frustrated or sad or fearful or whatever emotion, you know, don't run away from that emotion. Don't be so fast to run away from that or just, just, I want you to just to try to sit with it and really ask the seven whys, ask yourself, why, why do I feel like that? Well, why am I saying that? Or what, what's underneath this? What's underneath there? And I know that, you know, for a lot of people, you know, well, what if we run out of time? You know, what if, you know, I'm afraid da, da, da. keep going until you uncover that because everything else is just a reaction right? And we don't want to react. We want to respond. We want to be more thoughtful. We want to understand what's in our mindset. We want to understand, okay, well, if this is the real thought, can I replace this thought? Can I have a better thought? Can I recommit to my rehab plan? Or can I recommit to my own rituals and my own way of running my dogs? And I can't worry about how everybody else is doing, right? Because it's about me and my dog, right? It's just about the two of us right now. Um, and it's only about the things I can control. I can't control everything. So those, that's where I want you to get back to. But in these moments when we're being pretty emotional, it's harder. And that's why we need to sit back and we need to, you know, if journaling is a good way through it, or if talking to yourself in the car is a good way through it, or you know, going for a walk and talking it out with your dog or whatever it is, that you can sort through these thoughts and emotions until you understand and recommit to your your why. Like, why are you doing this in the first place? What is the most important thing about you and your dog and your relationship? You know, um, for my first dog, the one who had the back surgery and the two TPLOs, the second TPLO, he was older. He was eight, eight and a half. And which I know for some of you, you're like, eight and a half is nothing. Uh, Well, I have a burner. (laughs) And um, I, one of the decisions I made to do the surgery is because he still was really, really active. And, um, you know, so... I knew that, yes, we were, you know, quote, running out of time and should I do this surgery or not, um, but it was still really important because he was active. And that was the decision I made for him for that dog because it, it meant that even if he didn't go back to, you know, running agility and things like that, I wanted an active pet. Uh, My partner, my, you know, my novice a dog, you know, and so that was my why. And my why was, is I, you know, he wanted to still be active and wanted to run and wanted to do all those things. And that aligned with my why. And once it was in alignment with my why, then the rest of it became easier. So on those hard days, you know, just realigning with your why, why you did it to begin with, whether why you did the surgery to begin with, or why you're in dog sports to begin with, um, that does really help give us the perspective back that sometimes we need for those marathon moments where it's not going to be some quick thing. It's going to be a longer haul. Okay. So comparison is the thief of joy you know, very famous quote, thank you, Mr. Roosevelt. And um, just watch out for the sneaky ways that it creeps in and really takes the focus away from uh, ourselves and our dogs and onto these external things and pressures and shoulds and woods and FOMO and fears and all that kind of stuff. Okay. So I hope that helps. Um, and I hope that whatever you are doing this week, I hope you have a fantastic week with your dogs. Thanks so much for listening to the Mindset Coaching for Handlers podcast with me, Julie Bacon. I am so grateful for your precious time. Check out my Dogged Planner workbook and journal available on Amazon. Just search for Dogged Planner. I also offer monthly membership that's perfect for ongoing support of your awesome goals. Check out theqcoach.com for details or just stop by and check out all the ways you can work on your mindset. And be sure to follow me on Facebook and Instagram at theqcoach and let me know how it's going. Finally, please share, subscribe, and leave a review. This helps us podcasters tremendously. Plus, I know I get my best podcast recommendations from friends. Thanks and have a great week with your dogs.